0: And welcome to Manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Deb Aoki, Christopher Woodrow Butcher, Chip Zdarsky, and myself, David Brothers. Follow along with our show notes and reading list at Mangasplaining.com. And today, we are here to talk about a manga from a Manga Explaining favorite, actually. Like I said manga three times in that sentence. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> But Kamame Shirahama is the creator of Witch Hat Atelier, which blew our minds with its stories of beautifully rendered magic and outer space toilets. And this is her, I guess, side project? It's where she goes to tell jokes, maybe? It's her debut work. Debut work? Even better. It wow. came
1: before Witch Hat Atelier. Yeah.
2: She
0: can really draw. <laughs> that is absurd. <laughs> 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 but any In- any. Sorry, I have such trouble with this title. In Yale and Deweyella mm. is the story of two supernatural beings, an angel and a devil, who are roommates and best friends. They hang out all the time. And, of course, because they're on opposing sides of the whole afterlife thing, it leads to funny hijinks and constant mm. fighting. its I tried this on a whim after I read Witch Hat Atelier. I was like, oh, she has other work. Let me see what this is about. And I was almost shocked at how... Casual it felt in comparison Mm. to Witch Hat Atelier. Like Witch Hat's very it feels very complete and like structured. And this is more like I've got a gag and I've got 20 pages. What can we do with it? But with amazing drawings. And I thought it was pretty cute. I thought the characters were very. Craven's not the word. Egotistical, kind of. They're very modern. Like they feel like (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Self-centered.
0: Yeah, self-centered. Very (laughs) selfish. Yeah, yeah. In ways that are really funny. You know, it's like a a key to good comedy. And it's been on my mind recently because we talk about comedy off and on because Chip's, you know, a funny guy. Oh, you. Yeah, I try. (laughs) (laughs) And we talk about Shirahama as being one of our favorite artists. So I thought, oh, why not merge the two and talk about her Angel and Devil comic? And it's ludicrous jokes. (laughs) So... We'll do this old-fashioned manga-splaining style where I choose Christopher first and then Deb and <laughs> then Chip <laughs> just catch their reactions. Chris, what did you think of Iniali and Duella? Can you say the title out loud once for us as a uh, challenge? <laughs> it's not fair. I don't have it in front of
3: me. Iniali and Duella is a... It, you're right. It's a beautifully, like, shockingly beautifully drawn book. And it reminded me actually of like North American good girl cheesecake art actually just like I'm somebody who's drawing this book and I just love drawing cute girls like being a little bit sexy and a little bit vampy sometimes in the case of duality character and it was just like as soon as I hit that that's what this book was like it was kind of pitched to us as a comedy which you know it is there's jokes yeah but no it's uh, 170 pages of someone who really likes drawing you know, cute girls and the occasional <laughs> very buff monster dude. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But I didn't find a lot more than that to it. I thought it was, you now, I thought there was some good jokes and I thought there was just like page after page of strikingly beautiful illustrations. But I can't remember what book we were talking about. But I found that although the art was really, really good, the storytelling, I had a, I had a hard time following a lot of the stories just with how the layouts of the pages were. And that wasn't a problem for Witch Hat, but I can get into that later. We can talk Mm -hmm. about more about that later. But overall, yeah, it was a fun read, but it was very fluffy and it didn't change my life. Didn't change your life. All right. (laughs) What was your take on this wonderful
0: manga? Christopher is so unjustly maligned in his intro. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, this is the first work that I saw by her, right? She came to send you Comic-Con several years ago before Witch Hat. Mm-hmm. And she was a panelist, one of my panels about making a living in manga. And she was very, you know, quiet and stuff like that. But you know, she showed me her book. She had at the time done some beautiful Doctor Strange illustrations.
2: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: you know, really obvious, like she can draw. But the book, you know, that we have what we read today was, you know, she had me a Japanese version. I'm like, I'm not sure what's going on here, but it's awfully pretty. I still kind of feel the same way. <laughs> 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 I want to give a shout out to Caleb, the, the translator. Yeah, He, Caleb he made some great decisions on the translation to make them funny. Mm-hmm. And there's also just some moments in here where it's like, like she just threw things in because she wanted to draw them. Like the giant poodle. What? <laughs> yeah. Like in the middle. Yeah. I just want to that draw a giant poodle. And then there's a part where, yeah, there's a, there's a demon motorcycle. Here we go. And then there's jet planes. woo, jet planes. And then there's water. It's like, she's like just flexing. like oh. yeah. yeah. In the entire book, I just feel like she's just flexing. Like she's trying to, like, I can draw water and I can draw wind. I can draw jet planes. I can draw pretty girls in, in outfits. I can draw them making funny faces. I can draw zombies. Like in a portfolio project that she just went <laughs> far over and beyond what the assignment called for. I remember when I was in Japan at the time and the first volume of which had a came out, every page from the first chapter was pasted up on the wall on a Tora no Ana store. You walked nice. up the stairs, you could read the whole chapter. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm so proud of her. She's like, <laughs> this looks like a great story. And I had no flipping idea at the time that it was going to be a great story. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so it's like this combination of her her great art and a really good story, and it's like whoa, <laughs> can't can't lose on this one. But this one, what I enjoy reading about this is I see a sense of fun, mm. you know, and that she just has this great sense of humor, and she's just saying, sure, I'm going to do this because can, and oh, you know, yeah, these are actual demon names and these are actual mythology names, and I. There's some things where I feel like she didn't develop the characters well, like you know the like the Exorcist, who's kind of supposed to be the enemy, and the guy with the fly head. I think like bring him back; he's cool. <laughs>
2: you <know>? Oh yeah, <laughs>
4: <laughs> BB. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I just feel like it's it's a fun read. It's yeah, it's I don't know what to think <laughs> sometimes.
0: Sounds pretty breezy. Yeah, like it, it's good, but it doesn't stick with you necessarily. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, it's just kind of a nice little appetizer plate.
0: Oh, I like it. Yeah. Cool. And Chip, how about you?
4: I agree it's breezy, but also I like the fact that there's elements that carry over from story to story. Mm. That's kind of what would make me want to kind of keep going with it. Like, the gags are are decent, and the art's Mm -hmm. really good. But, like, yeah, the fact that they keep causing these problems and the problems they cause get referenced in the next story it makes it feel like it's building towards something which i quite mm-hmm. enjoyed it, it is weird because like going into this like knowing it was the witch Hat atelier artist i had super high expectations and then that and the art is really good but you can definitely tell that Witch Hat atelier is like a next step up yeah art wise like here the drawings are great but the pages aren't necessarily great. Like, like there's still, there's like, there's like the digital problem of like pulling out and kind of weird little details and in individual panels where it's like, oh, it doesn't actually gel as a page because you're focused so much on each individual drawing and packing so much in, even when it's not necessary. Whereas Witch Hat Atelier, like those pages feel like perfectly composed. But yeah, obviously she draws amazingly. And yeah, whether it's fighter jets or wild monsters, like my favorite is Death the buff what, Parakeet? What, what What is he at yeah, the end? Yeah, the, oh. the Charon. The, the, like, I love that one. That,
1: that, oh, he's so, so
3: great. He's so great,
4: yeah. Yeah, he's so great. Him. And like, the story of him is so great, too. Like When he loses it, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about that character. And the book that he made is super funny. It's probably my favorite <laughs> gag as well. Yeah, she really goes to town when it comes to like the monster stuff. It makes me kind of want to just read a monster book by her.
3: As well, nice. and yeah. they're so sexy. That that evil demon yeah. parakeet man is so handsome. Yeah, yeah, and like broad chested. It's pretty good. Yeah, total hunk. Total hunk. Total hunk.
0: This is a small digression, but the, if you love the parakeet man, you should probably read the manga Rooster Fighter by oh! Sakuratani. <laughs> it, you know, what? it's what it sounds like. Google it; <laughs> you will see exactly what it sounds
3: like. <laughs>
4: You like parakeet head man? You'll love rooster fighter.
3: Yeah. yeah, I actually, couldn't I couldn't read that because there's a indie comic that came out. I can't remember the name of it. That's about a rooster that gains human intelligence and then understands like what chickens go through in the life cycle. Well I'll put it mm. in the show notes. I'll figure it well, out. That like, sounds fun. It is so intense, but really <laughs> good, and it has some like crazy good jokes in it as well. Totally yeah. worth tracking down. But I can't remember the name right now because I Google. But uh, yeah, I'll put it in the show notes, but like, I've always been afraid of reading Rooster Fighter because it's going to bring back like Slaughterhouse vibes <laughs> for me because it's a sentient rooster. So yeah, I haven't, I haven't read that one.
1: I'm looking Amazing. at like page 171 where like the parakeet man absolutely loses it. And like rips, rips off his rips shirt. A
3: shirt. Yeah, that's Oh yeah, I screen grabbed that one when I was Yeah, it's it's so just, like, it, yep.
4: it just before he's got like that, just the panel, of the Arthur fist, you know? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, it's great. Speaking of hot monsters, I just got to call out page 105 when Duella is being like sort of embraced by, I'm going to go with Ball, Lord of Lies. I can't remember who she says that uh, is, but it's Bale? like a uh, bell, like Sexy Horseman. Oh. Obscured in oh, yeah, shadow. Yeah. It's like, yeah, she yeah. she likes drawing sexy dudes as much as sexy ladies, but that's not who the, that's not what this book is about. Like this is a sexy <laughs> lady book, but like, yeah. oh, I came across that and I'm like, all right, yeah, let's, here we go.
4: And even 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 the exorcist is like is sexy in his own way,
3: too, like I think everyone in this book is sexy, yeah, and if they're not, it's pretty funny like the, the what's his name the is it which archangel at the end comes and is like, is it really worth everyone all these souls to keep these two people on earth? and like he looks stern and like upsetting, yeah,, hmm. which I think is appropriate for his character, but yeah, everyone else is either just like full on sexy or adorable. Like the way she draws yeah. the baby in the first one or the little girl who's <laughs> yeah. going to like maybe give up her soul to save her mom or whatever. It's just like, "Oh my god, every uh, this is Yeah, it's 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 gorgeous. This uh it's Yeah, pretty. I love Deb's point about Shirahama
0: flexing as well because page mm. 172, 173 just after the hot parakeet kind or something. It's like a super gothic traditional drawing of an angel with a parakeet head and like many arms expelling them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's another one of those drawings where it's like, Oh, you really wanted to do this drawing and you found a story that would fit. Yeah. Kind of a feeling <laughs> like this yeah. has clearly been something in our head for a while. It's so good. The beak looks amazing.
4: Yeah. All yeah. It's funny. Like, yeah, like the, the, the book is a oh. combination of like the specific things she wants to draw and the specific gags and just yeah. tying them together, essentially, all this book is just tying all the things she, the little things she wants to do together. It's not necessarily a big, you know, it's breezy. It's, there's not, yeah, there's not the big thing that's happening, but
1: there's kind of a Durer quality to it, right? Like mm. that Dante's Inferno drawings from Durer, mm. like it's very fine line work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you can see it in the way she draws wings and the way she draws hell. And, and, you know, that, that artist. It's definitely an artist that, you know, when you in art school, you go, dude, this guy can draw, right? <laughs>
3: yeah. I think that's such an amazing addition, yeah. too, because as an artist, you're like, okay, I like drawing all this stuff, but I'm going to draw about heaven and hell. What's like an artistic style I can bring in to like have my work move in that direction to tell this story better? And it's like, yeah, in- like, like 18th century engravings is what we're yeah. going to incorporate into my manga art this week. That's not something that happens a lot. That shows no. some pretty high level chops. Like, that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah.
4: yeah definitely. Clearly like knows a how to draw.
0: Dedicated art student, kind of thing. Student yeah. of art, I should say, rather. Mm. The religious stuff in this I thought was kind of interesting because it's almost like Wikipedia Catholicism. In a way. So Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> so Japanese.
4: Wikipedia Catholicism.
2: Like, explain, like if explain. You,
0: if you skim the wiki page for Catholicism would just get all like the cool lore and not any of the other stuff mm. like in the first story the baby is a pigeon because god saw a hot pigeon on earth it was like oh i should <laughs> yeah. have sex with that which isn't yeah. like really yeah. a, a christian god thing no no, like, no that's, a, that's, a that's a zeus
4: that's a zeus thing yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she's like really picking and choosing and i think it leads to a cool effect where it feels like a gag manga that's sort of like, elevated isn't, like, a word I like to use in regards to art, because I feel like all art's on the same level. but Like, it pushes it in a weird direction, where it's almost, like, Baroque comedy, kind of. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: that works. It's funny, the, the pigeon thing kind of changed my outlook on this, the whole thing, a, a bit. Because mm-hmm. when you have, like, the angel and the demon, you're kind of expecting, oh, you know, there's going to be a problem with God at some point. But then, like, God's kind of a moron. Like yeah, <laughs> he a pigeon locked up a pigeon and now there's a pigeon baby and he had to send someone to go get it. Yeah. Like it, it changes the stakes a little bit and makes it kind of a bit more fun. Mm. So while it's sacrilegious, I was like
0: I appreciated it. The part where Innie calls God on the cell phone and Doobie's oh. like
2: ugh. oh yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: I want to bring it back to, like, remember when we walked on another one where it had a lot of uh, historical or mythology references? St. Youngman?
2: Oh, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Same vibe. (laughs) Definitely the same vibe. (laughs) I would actually say St. Youngman is maybe closer to the religion it's referencing.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
4: (laughs) Yeah. That's so good, though. Wikipedia Catholicism is (laughs) pretty funny. Also, it's just... I feel like I could say that about me and my daredevil run, but that's another story.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know like in, if you read ahead to volume two, she does get into the Japanese mythology and it just doesn't, okay. it just doesn't work as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not as much fun.
3: <laughs> yeah. Really? Cause she referenced it a couple of times here with like, the, she referenced mm. a couple of Buddhists like observances. And mm. I was like, Oh, that would be really fun to like show how all these religions are or all, all this mythology, all of it is real. Mm-hmm. But also it like it all co- sort of coexists in a way. But you're saying that in volume two, it doesn't doesn't really work for you.
1: It's like basically she throws them into Japan, and then they're they're just they're mind blown because Japan is just full of hundreds and thousands of gods. Mm. And they're like, what do we do with all this? Ah.
3: <laughs> it's interesting, nice.
1: It's fun, but you know, it's, it's kind of more fun when they're, you know, when Enial and Duyella are kind of like, they understand the way the world works, and mm. then when, when they're confronted with a whole nother mythology, they're they're kind of more on the side. I could see it. Yeah, their bumbling makes more sense in the God and heaven and hell kind of way.
0: Mm-hmm. Almost like yeah. they're scheming to get around rules that they know versus like being surprised by stuff.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah like 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 you know, like when you go to Japan, right? Like all of us, the first time you go to Japan, it's like, wait, what? The trains are on time,
2: and <laughs>
1: wait, how do I how do I get? From here to there, and wait, 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 wait! You're not gonna give me my change in my hand. You're gonna put in a tray. All oh, the yeah. li- all the little shit just, or like, oh, why are they asking me? Do I want to do one or two times in the credit card? Like, oh, because they think I'm Japanese, and they think they're asking me whether I want to split up my credit card payment for this one item in one or two times. Like,
2: mm.
1: you know, when you know what I mean? It's like when you're in Japan the first time, you're just like, I don't know.
2: Overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like I'm having a great time, but I don't know. I feel so <laughs> stupid.
2: Every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah.
1: yeah. So I like them better in like the heaven and hell thing. Cause then you, you know what the rules are, right? Like, no, yeah. oh, this one's trying to get the souls. This one's trying to, you know,
3: save the souls.
1: You save the souls. And, but they're at the same time, they're both like, I don't know, like Kendall Jenner.
2: <laughs> yeah you know like
1: what's well, mm. Kendall Jenner and like who's the other chick uh, I forget I don't even know these girls any other
0: know. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <It's> very shallow
1: <laughs> whatever mm. anyways yeah. they just want to shop and like they get mad at each other for using expensive cosmetics and I don't know it's cute
0: <laughs> Christopher have you read Kaoru Mori's anything or something for sure no story I haven't a short story collection no yeah mm-hmm. haven't read it yet Deb how about you have you seen it
1: yeah, it's kind of similar to this.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that because there are all these interludes in her short story collection. And Kauru Mori is the artist of a bride story, which we all, you know, were probably oh, yeah. by ages ago. And this was
1: originally in Harta, too, by the way. The same magazine? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Eniel and duliola was originally in like Heart to Fellows, like those magazines. Whereas yeah. Witch Hatitelia is in a Kodansha like seinen magazine.
0: Mm, pretty good pedigree.
1: Yeah, so like Heart is kind of like nice drawing. Pretty girls. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and a lot of anything and something is about Maury's love of drawing pretty girls in elaborate outfits. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's a moderately famous comic strip online where like an editor is explaining like, oh, you like you draw, you know, made outfits and glasses of blah, 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 blah. And the artist character is getting closer and closer saying, yes, that's important. That's the most important part. <laughs> that's the most important part. <laughs> and-, <laughs> and this definitely has a similar vibe where it's like, She's she's playing around in a very serious way. Like, this is her thing. And she's mm. going to try to express her thing in as many different ways as she can. From monsters to art history to even just, like, cute outfits.
3: Yeah, there's, like, that whole fashion show page where they're in Paris. Yeah, it's like, here's a page of them in just different outfits. It, it had, like, real, bring me back to reading Archie comics, where you would get, like, a uh, Betty and Veronica fashion section. Uh-huh. hundred percent, yeah. And yeah, it was, yeah. like, so great. I, I really loved it. Even this one of yeah. them all in, like, different yeah. panels and
0: posing. Yeah, yeah. That one. That was that's, so great. Yeah, that was amazing. One, yeah. Page 66-ish, maybe.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: It actually made me think of, like, Paradise Kiss.
2: Oh, mm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, mm-hmm. it feels like she grew up... I mean, I'm sure, you know, the timing works out, but it feels like she grew up reading comics like that. You know, it's something about the faces, and like, the pointiness of the chins. I don't know. Mm.
3: Actually, it's funny. Uh, you mentioned that they just... Your your erstwhile employer just announced that they're going to do the Paradise Kiss prequel, nice. the neighborhood story manga that sort of turned into Paradise Kiss, which mm-hmm. I've been waiting to read forever. Uh, and you're right; it does have a similar. It had the bouncy qualities of that are definitely the bouncy qualities in this, although Paradise Kiss went away. Yeah, after the <laughs> after the bouncy qualities, but yeah, I can't wait to read. Can't wait to read that too.
1: Nice. Yeah, the heart to bride story thing is kind of more self indulgent. This sounds bad, self-indulgent, but it's not in a bad way. It's just kind of like you like how Crumb draws women a certain way because he wants this that's the women he wants to see in the world, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I love self-indulgent stuff in comics. Uh Yeah. It's it's a hard work. You might as well, you know, do stuff you like while you're doing it.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I gotta ask a question though, for of you guys. Are you team any or team dewey?
4: Mm. Okay. I'm I'm team uh i i don't I don't think I'm necessarily a team, but there was one panel in here that I found so erotic <laughs> that I had to catch my breath a little bit and it like uh, unlocked like maybe a new thing for me. Mm. <laughs> it's page seventy two so I'll let you go to page seventy two We're all
3: desperately scrolling to find
4: what's turn and chip on.
2: Mm.
4: It's when the Exorcist reaches behind. And discovers Ooh. the tail.
2: <laughs> it,
4: Searching, it. it's a wild yeah, drawing. It, it is a wild drawing, and like like everything about it is just like way too erotic for what this book is. <laughs> like the fact that like the coat is just lifted up on that side reveals everything almost to her butt. And then the the way he's touching the tail too, is not like a full grip. It's just like, it's like just enough. And there's like a phallic <laughs> quality to the tail and at the base and it's wrong. And it's, yeah, there's, it's, it, yeah, it blew my mind. I
0: love the searching lettering behind it too. Like the layout is so yeah. like,
4: like they kind of
1: form the it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, It's a very strange panel in terms of the design of it, but yeah, it is. It's something else.
0: And then the joke that follows it is basically like a round of one half joke of like a stomp and a slap and a runaway. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Chip, is there anything you would compare this to in like American comics, Western comics?
4: I mean,
3: (sighs) I was going to say Rocketeer, man. Rocketeer. Rocketeer. Yeah. Rockahoo.
4: I could I, I like could the movie, see
3: that. But Dave Stevens, but Dave so Dave Stevens who did Rocketeer is just like a like a pinup guy, loves cheesecake, loves good girl art and was like, what do I want to draw? And it was like 1950s retro futurism dude with like a metal mask and a ray gun and just the cutest possible girls. And so Rocketeer mm. was like born of his his self-indulgent comics. Yeah. And there's nothing and again, nothing wrong with that. It was For me, I look at that and I, and you read it and you're like God, it's just like beautifully drawn and he loves drawing girls and like he's putting some like fun 1950s set pieces in there. Sure, Rocketeer. It's a it's a, it's a fun time, but that that's the vibe I got off of this person. Is Rocketeer meets good omens?
4: Uh.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Good high concept. Yeah. Nice. Get Hollywood on the phone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you guys said cheesecake, I thought Frank Chill.
2: Mm,
0: I could wow. see it, but this is almost like more horny, but less openly horny. Yeah.
4: You know? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Frank Cho, he's basically just like, hey, you want to be horny here? Yeah. Whereas this is like, oh, read this fun thing. Oh, by the way, you know what? It's horny. <laughs> <laughs> and after thinking about it, I
0: think I'm team Dewey instead of team Any. Mm. She gets more of the like mean spirited jokes that make me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and the bit yeah. where the exorcist is like, oh, We have wanted her for ages, and you see like the really like classic monstrous version. Um, You have her, yeah. That was really good. Yeah, page eighty-eight. There's just so many good bits with her that I like. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, then the chapter three title art is a great outfit, Mm. and again, very horny. Like, there's so many good details in the drawings where you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, like the perfect line down the
3: pantyhose. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Annie gets the good expressions. I think Dewey gets the really mm. good jokes. But Annie, yeah. like, there's something about the way she draws a sort of, like, concerned shock face on Any, which happens multiple times in this volume, <laughs> that is so <laughs> good. Like, so complex an emotion to try and communicate in drawing, and it's so perfectly done sort of each time. Yeah. Um, but only one of them gets embraced by monster men, so i might have to go with Team Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Team
0: Monster Man, actually. There we go. Yeah. How about you, Deb? Who was your Betty or Veronica?
1: You know, I I I I could relate to more Dewey because that's like, like if you if you had a girlfriend like in Yale who basically borrows your shit shamelessly,
2: doesn't <laughs> apologize
1: for it, and then just bats her eyelashes and goes like, but I'm cute, right? Oh, you yeah. just want to slapper. So it's like sent her back to heaven. Yeah. So I could I could relate to her her problems and stuff like that, but you know, at the same time, it's there's something really fun about the innocence and the of the stupid problems they get into. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's like, or I was oh, I have to draw like uh, so I have to mention page 108. Mm. That was the one where I thought, Caleb Cook, you go. It's basically this hoof coming out and it says silence.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the master.
0: <laughs> I wonder if in Japanese it was like ashi is Japanese for leg and sheen hmm. is Japanese oh, like, for silence. Ashin. Oh. Yeah. Caleb's really good at what he does. Caleb cook at Abigail Blackman on lettering. I think they did a great job localizing this one.
1: Oh, I wonder if it says yeah. something in the, in, the, in the translation notes about that.
0: There were only a few notes. Like yeah, they don't a see handful. It. Damn it. On page 97, though, in that same area, there was something that I wanted us to take a look at. Like the storytelling. Basically, there's a fight scene in this volume. So, of course, you know, my eyes and heart zoom towards it on page 96, <laughs> to 97, where our angel and demon friend are summoned. They look at each other and then they have like a quick hand to hand Batman <laughs> Captain America thing <laughs> over <Yeah>. nine panels. <laughs> I think this was maybe the funniest part for me because it's so serious and like suddenly action comic-y. While
4: yeah.
2: the
0: rest of the book is like pretty open and like, you know,
4: beautiful drawings. Well, the, the the best part of it is on 97, the Batman Captain America. Yeah. Is that both of their faces throughout are bored. <laughs>
1: yeah. like, or that's, annoyed. That's not... They look annoyed with each other. Like, like oh, yeah. You get
4: it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's bored annoyance. Like it's, yeah, that's what makes the page super, super funny.
0: And the texture on her jackets. So, I mean, it must be digital, but it's a great texture. I don't know. There's so many good drawings in this
3: book. I don't yeah. know if it's digital. It it really shifts a lot from panel to panel. Like if it's digital, she's doing a lot of work on it to sort of, you know, squash and stretch mm. it and, and move it yeah. a little bit. Like, mm-hmm.
4: yeah, yeah. 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 Usually with something like that, it's easier to just draw than try and manipulate it.
1: She's really fast, too. Really, when she was at the panel, at the end somebody had a shikishi, she drew like that, <laughs> like, and I have a picture of it, and she yeah. just whipped it out with a sharpie. So it is my eternal regret that I was too professional. Yeah, I didn't want to ask her. For that. <laughs> I felt really bad, you know, like, oh, you know, I don't want to bother you, but you know, here's a fan, and she's asking you to draw something. But I look at, mm-hmm. I look at that phone and like. Oh, it's so jealous!
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but Deb, you read through volume three, mm-hmm. so yep. can you tell us a little bit about where it goes? Like, does it develop a story arc, or does it just kind of stay more monster of the weekish?
1: It's kind of episodic. Yeah, I I can see why it ended in three volumes because it was just like not go- really going anywhere.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: But you know, it it it, like again, you know, the flexing thing definitely if you read it with that in mind, you go like, okay, here's the zombies, here's the this, here's the that. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's if you could use it as a textbook for drawing comics, it's like you can you could look at it as a reference, like, oh, that's how you draw people underwater. Oh, that's (laughs) how you draw explosions like that. Oh, when you have a demon that does this. And you want to do it at this angle where the motorcycle is flying up. That's how you do it. It's beautiful drawn, but I I don't know if it holds together as a story. Yeah, man, I don't think most people would have gotten that far or taken it that far mm. just to have fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, good drawings go a long
3: way. I think. For mm. when we read, which had atelier compared to this, especially it I. Re- When I think about those pages, they had so much more white space on them. Mm. I'd have to go back Mm. and compare directly, but that's maybe the big change for this is that like every page and every panel is just jammed full of stuff. Like some of these pages, I've been counting as we've been sort of scrolling through real quick, have like eight or nine, eight or nine panels on, which is crazy to me for a manga. Mm -hmm.
1: That's just pure ambition, right? That's just like I have so much much I want to say.
3: Yeah, like so much I want to (laughs) do, and I feel like. I feel like on the whole which had to tell you it was a lot more relaxed yeah came to telling its story
4: well it's, it's it's like i was saying early on it's it's more designed the pages are designed here everything's crammed so there's no focus on most of the pages i'm, I'm i just randomly had a page 100 open and there's so many details in this kitchen like yeah. every panel but like as a page it's
3: just like okay like where's my eye going is there like a focal point here like Not just no. not just so many details in the kitchen and details on the page, but 10 panels on that page. Yeah. On a manga. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm reading yeah. it on an iPad or actually a computer screen right now. So it's blown up pretty big. So nothing feels muddy to me exactly, but it also doesn't lead the eye very well. The no. only white space is in the word balloons. And that's like a weird, it's always a weird choice.
4: Yeah. And it's, it's kind of the thing that a, an artist does with an early work
2: mm.
4: because their concern is not putting enough in like they want to be seen as like I I can do this job. Look, I can draw everything on this. Like I I had that even if you look at like my first issue of sex criminals, like I drew every goddamn like <laughs> book on every shelf, every brick, unique titles for each book, unique titles for every book. I mean, I didn't <laughs> I didn't fully lose that, but I just remembered at some point to stay zoomed out to not mm-hmm. get in and 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 Draw every bit of hair on a character because you're not actually helping the page at all with that, yeah and yeah, i think I think most kind of artists when they're starting out, especially on a thing that feels like a debut, uh, yeah, usually kind of go too far with the details and not enough with the composition and the uh the, the page design
0: mm. I think an extreme example of that is Tsutomo Nihei. We did you know our Nihei episode where we looked at a lot of his work and how it went yeah. almost like. 80% black pages to, like, yeah. 15% black <laughs> over the course yeah. of, like, 10 years. Yeah. And he was really figuring out what to draw and what not to draw. Steve Lieber, the artist of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen with friend of the podcast, Matt Fraction, he talks about how he only allows himself to zoom in a certain amount when he's drawing digitally, because yep. otherwise mm. it's pointless.
4: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I, I, I yeah. stop at, like, that's like, hundred 150%, I think, on my screen. And, like, yeah. going, going in any farther than that is not going to help.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Awesome. So there's this thing
0: I like that I've been revisiting in the comics lately, kind of the idea of a solo anthology, like DC Solo, which would have yeah. one artist doing several stories. There's Dustin Weaver's Packlist that I like a lot. I think there's, like, six or seven issues of that out. And they always feel kind of similar to this to me, almost like training grounds or, like... Mm workshops i would say places to try different storytelling techniques and ideas that you might find better success with later and i think that ties into the point about learning what to leave out and you know panel count and everything else because this is dense i've forgotten how dense it was when i recommended it Hmm. did it feel like was it slow to read how how did how did you guys make your way through it was it pretty
3: easy i was pretty challenged by it honestly but I think, mm. and I, I don't want to go too hard on it because I don't think it's, I don't think it was that bad, but it was like, oh, the storytelling is, is rough. Yeah. the way that she's moving people through this story. It does hurt a little bit when you're trying to read it, but you know. I didn't find it an easy read by any stretch of the imagination. I would I would I would get four or five panels along and be like, wait, what happened? Because it didn't <laughs> absorb yeah. exactly the same way as it did if it had been designed, like Chip's saying, like if it had been designed a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Not an easy read exactly. And I wasn't lost, maybe like Deb said in our intro, but I did not I wasn't able to plow through this at all. Like it took me about an hour and a half to read just Having to go back a little bit, and you know, you know what I mean. And that yeah. I would be like turning the iPad around and being like, "Look, she drew this this time to Andrew," and he, she's like, he, <laughs> "That's amazing! Like that's so incredible." Yeah. There's so many drawings like that that you just want to like show people that are sitting next to you while you're reading. So, yeah,
1: a beginner problem that a lot of artists go through, especially if they're good artists or good illustrators, mm-hmm. is they, you know, they they get used to drawing the pinup pages. Yeah. The 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 pre-new pages, right? And then they have a hard time. Like uh, the common complaint I hear from most comic editors is like, I don't want to just see pinups. I want to see visual storytelling. Mm -hmm. And so on this hand, it's like her pinups are outstanding. Her double page Mm -hmm. spreads are jaw dropping. But it's like the, the storytelling in between is like, How can I make it till the next pinup, right? Yeah. (laughs) Moment.
0: (laughs) Towards the end, there are you get to a point where there's like a hero shot every two or three pages,
2: you know? Yeah. the thing that she
0: needs to draw. But something that struck me while I was reading this, and this slipped out of my head earlier, was the localization. We've talked about Caleb and Abigail's work a little bit. But Chip, I was curious, did this read like a normal or did this read like a familiar manga to you, or like they were doing something different? Like, where did you land with the localization of this one?
4: Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even sure how to answer that. Like, I just like read it, and it was. It made sense to me. I guess is okay. <laughs> like, That's there wasn't it. anything. There wasn't <laughs> anything, in, anything in there that jumped out and was like, "What? What does that mean?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty straightforward. Is there anything in there that that you saw that like makes you think otherwise, I, or?
0: I could immediately tell it was like a looser, not loose, that's the wrong word. Like it was localized rather than like directly translated. Mm. Okay. The stuff like the Thailand's joke, some of the stuff with the baby and the phrasing, like it felt more smooth than manga feels frequently, I yeah. would say. Like there's yeah. like manga writing that you would expect from Shonen Jump, where it's like very direct and I'm going to be king of the pirates, blah, 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 blah. And then there's this where it's actually kind of like closer to how people talk.
1: But it yeah. has to be right for comedy. Like it, oh, if, it it, sounds, yeah. if it sounds stiff, then it loses that, that humor, right? And yeah, I, I think you have to, or you have to localize it to the point where you're giving an English reader the same experience, the same moments where they smile, the same moments where they they think it's funny as a Japanese reader. Now, if mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't matter if it's not a one to one translation. You're giving the English reader that same feelings. That yeah, Shirahama was trying to convey.
4: Mm-hmm. It's it's funny because like we we talked about this on the episode with Jocelyn in, in, in translating mm-hmm. Okinawa because that was very straightforward. Yeah, like like you didn't have like yeah that that localization because it was nonfiction, it was dramatic, and it was it was basically like kind of a one for one translation that she would just have to smooth over mm-hmm. instead of kind of like r- reaching and figuring out like puns. <laughs> <laughs> like something like this. yeah not a lot of
3: puns in that one
4: <laughs> yeah i mean like uh, uh there, there was there was one thing i think it was like a newscast in here where somebody said what on earth is happening to earth and i'm just like <laughs> like oh is that is that is there a, a phrase similar in japanese that uh Probably not. <laughs> that they that off of, or yeah was it all the localization
0: yeah i don't think there's a right answer to that kind of like the right way to do localization thing but i like being able to see the differences in approach mm. in a book like this or a book like okinawa because it's i don't know it's almost like getting a peek behind the curtain a little bit they like trying to intuit their motives or what they were going for but christopher what's your what are your kind of feelings on this kind of localization
3: versus something more straightforward i think when i was younger and writing about comics i never really understood what went into the process of localizing humor, especially, mm-hmm. and as I started making friends with more editors and more translators and things like that, and this is still fifteen years ago, I sort of it sort of became apparent because there'd be every once in a while, and I always go back to um, Heartbroken Angels, which was a Viz gag strip comics where Same Hat comes from.
2: Oh, Brian yeah, Sands's
3: Same Hat—that's like one of those strips. You'd have this idea that of like a joke, especially a, if it's wordplay or a pun that's in Japanese that doesn't have a direct translation. And sometimes you can't massage it into something that means exactly the same thing. So you just look at the artwork and tell a joke that's in the same register rather than telling the same <laughs> joke. Like, all right, this is a fart joke. I guess we're telling a like a different kind of fart joke that matches what's in the word balloons because literally it does not come across. Like, We cannot yep. make the Japanese work here. And I think a lot of translators do that. I know, like, Chip, you've had a lot of work translated into other languages now, and it's like, yeah, sometimes jokes don't, In English jokes just don't land. Like, they, they, like it's not a popular style of humor. They don't really use that self-humor in a different language.
1: So yeah. the
3: translator is just like, I got to put something here that's funny that will elicit the same kind of laugh. I think like Deb was saying, but I do know that there is this kind of awful opinion uh, online that anything that's not a direct translation that does localize or does push something in a way to make it palatable, let's say, for Western readers, is a betrayal of the mangaka. And it's like... Sorry, oh, I, just
4: to, I just want to... You're saying there was a terrible opinion online?
3: <laughs> just the one. just <laughs> Alright,
4: good. Did we, we got to the bottom of it?
3: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think that that's like... I think that's fake as hell. And it's not to say that there's not bad translations out there, or there's mm-hmm. not great translations out there that are super faithful, but at the same time, like... This is art, man. This isn't, uh, <laughs> like, there's yeah. different ways to approach this, these works in translation. And nothing is actually perfect. And we're always sort of striving to get as close as we can. And I think that that's what's so, that's what's so important.
4: It's funny, yeah. You know, with my work, when it's being translated once in a blue moon, I'll get, like, an email from someone who's doing the the translating to ask if they can change a joke, like, to make it make more sense for the language. yeah. And I'm like, of course yeah yeah no problem because I remember and i brought it up before here talking to Jim Davis about Garfield being translated to other countries like Japan especially I think was was tricky for him and they needed to rewrite those jokes a lot and just put in mm-hmm. new jokes like what Chris was saying but because they contact me to ask you know if they can change it once in a while I just keep thinking about the ones that don't contact me Oh yeah um, <laughs> Do- dozens is my work like like just misogynistic in another country. Like I just don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, if I ever go to like Italy or whatever, they'll hail me as like a hero for the wrong yeah. reasons or something. And yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a slight fear there.
4: Amazing. Yeah.
0: My go to when thinking about localization in general and especially localizing comedy is how curry, like the dish and boyfriend in Japanese are homophones. Homophones,
3: oh, homophones—they're both—they're both fine.
0: Both Ever since Christopher did root versus route, <laughs> I have second-guessed myself so frequently. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, but no, they um, like if you you if you say curry, kare, it's the dish or it's a boyfriend, and there's a lot of jokes like, oh, I really want some curry right now. It's like, oh, I want a boyfriend right now, mm. and it doesn't scan in English. Like, you got to either yeah. commit to the unfunny direct translation or find something else. And yeah, lots of varying
3: opinions on that let's say i just read that actually i can't remember what book it was but they just decided to be like in the gloss at the bottom note curry and the japanese word for boyfriend sound similar and they just left the joke in and we're like we're yeah not doing, i'm not i'm trying to fix this <laughs> Dude, you get a note you get a note on that it's wild yeah it's
0: like it's almost not enough of a joke to put the effort forward to find a different thing you know mm. like what are you going to replace that with there's like nothing even close so you
3: have to come up with a brand new joke Translation scientists working around the clock to figure it out.
1: I went to a village vanguard with Aki Yanagi, a friend of the podcast, and mm. there's, there's instant curry that has pictures of hot guys and like hot, hot manga-looking guys on it. <laughs> and I thought, oh, it's, it's, it's hot guy curry. It's hot curry. And he goes like, no, it's karek curry. And he's yeah, yeah. playing the pun to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. There are these That's post-it great. notes with hot, guys, hot manga guys on it. They're ike-memo's.
2: Oh, oh, that's, that's pretty good. Oh. So, ikemen
1: right. is means hot guy. So, yeah, ikememo <laughs> is a um, pun. <laughs> like a lot of Japanese humor is puns, and it's it's a big headache.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. It's like a good looking notebook, in maybe is.
4: What
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> got your that's editor brain David. Hey, huh? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Good job.
4: <laughs> Jeez.
0: I keep hitting my mic while we record, by the way. But we should probably do final thoughts. Let's do Christopher, Deb, and then Chip. Christopher, what's your final thought on Annie and Dewey?
3: Just looking at page, I think it's 160 here, where after all of the, like, trying to get the spa, the bath, the onsen together, Annie finally slips into the bath, and it's so centrally drawn and, like, every part of this lady's body is drawn in a way that it has like weight and form and three-dimensional skull. it's just like man this is like a well-drawn and obviously sexy doesn't personally but like very sexy situation very well drawn and it's just like yeah that's what and it's so ornate too like there's like like the the drawings around the the framing and and whatever is it like Alphonse Mucha style? Is that Yeah, what it's, it's got like a real like a real yeah. Art Nouveau thing all the way through, Alphonse Mucha for sure. So like, yeah, I think that this is a gorgeously drawn cheesecake book that has some really great jokes sort of underpinning the whole thing so that it doesn't it not doesn't once feel gross. Doesn't once feel like, Ugh, I don't know about this. It's like, no, we're just going to keep doing like funny gags and beautiful drawings and fashion. And I'm super happy that a book like this exists and if she was ever going to go back and do more, I'd actually maybe be even more interested in that because yeah. I think the only thing from my perspective holding it back is the storytelling and how cramped mm. she chooses to make a lot, of these, a lot of these pages when there would be nothing wrong with just like, I don't know, do half as many stories and twice as many pages per story, get all your gags in, but let some of these illustrations that are gorgeous be full page illustrations really like you drew it like it was a full page illustration there's so much detail <laughs> in this like little quarter page thing like blow it up have a good time like rework it and yeah and i want to go back and read more witch at atelier now just to see because this is so fresh like i just read this to see like where the storytelling goes because i remember it being so so much stronger just three volumes like this these three volumes and then atelier you know what i mean like yeah, that's that's huge. And I th- that might be the difference in editors in Harta and and the Kodansha magazine she's in. It might be her growth um, or research that she's done or thrown out a bunch of drafts. I don't know if we ever get a chance to talk to her. I'd love to ask her about how the style changed so much between those books, because, yeah, she really leveled up, which I tell you, and I say that and this is awesome. Like this isn't like, oh, she finally came into her own. No, this is great. Like a beautiful, beautiful book. But I do think that she's she hit next level with Witch Hat Atelier, and especially as the series has gone on.
4: I'm flipping through Witch Hat Atelier right now, and like, it's so rare to break out of like just five panels a page.
2: Yeah, mm.
4: <laughs> like once in a while you'll get, and when you do get pages that have like like eight, nine panels, it's for a storytelling reason. Like it's a montage, or it's like, yeah, it's a it's a it's a sequence that needs to be that way. Instead of just cramming it in to cram it in. So that's clearly a big thing there. Yeah. Yeah. Deb, how about you? Final thoughts?
1: I was kind of curious. Why did you pick this one, David?
0: It was the drawings, I think. Like, why did I pick it to read or to bring to the podcast?
1: Oh, no. Yeah. What was your reason for picking it for us to read? Getting another look at Shirahama, Um.
0: actually. Like, I like when we can get kind of a fuller picture of the artist that we talk about a lot because usually it's like a hit and then run and it's like a first volume hit and run
2: yeah.
0: and so seeing a work like witch at atelier that's like really complete and you know devastatingly impressive let's say <laughs> and then going back to see what she did before that i think is always kind of interesting It's sort of like oh you know what was neil Gaiman up to before sandman and it's like oh like short stories in the british comics press
4: So, you didn't pick this because of the panel where he grabs her tail gently. It was actually the one
0: on the page before that where he reveals the tail.
4: Gotcha. All right. All right.
1: Yeah. All right. (laughs) Satisfying. Yeah. (laughs) No, I am just kind of curious because it's like there's always some, you know, like your choices are always really interesting, right? Because sometimes they're like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to screw with you. (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes it's like I just really this really scratched it for me and I just was I was so tickled by this particular thing or I want to use Mm -hmm. this as an excuse to talk about something but I mean now that you mentioned it's like I know like what I find really interesting about your approach to manga is that you like seeing artists develop or you like seeing you like seeing a career Mm -hmm. I I guess it's like seeing who who the creator is Mm-hmm. Um, and the ways that they change and grow and better or go in what direction or another—it's an interesting kind of scholarly approach, but not—that's the wrong word for it. Like, you're 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 fascinated by creators. That's what I think is interesting. Yeah.
0: I think scholarly is fair because it comes out of, like, my approach to criticism, which is, you know, like, Mm. how does this make me feel and how can I say it in a way that gets it across to someone else? Mm. But it's funny you said that because I just got the Otomo book that's, like, got his comics when he was 17 years old Ah. in the Mm. mail. So that is, like, totally my bag, I think. Like, I think you and Christopher are very good at, like, the overall market sort of thing. Mm. And I'm bad at business but I feel pretty okay at art. <laughs> mm. So something like this for me is always sort of like, where does it fit in context with, you know, their other work?
4: Yeah. Mm. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. I enjoy it too. I mean, it's kind of like uh, watching a band develop, you know?
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, you know, how their musical influences. And then like in this particular case, like it's really interesting to see her, Her she's just a virtuoso artist and to see like, ah, okay. Experiment with a lot of things, and then when she went to the next one, she learned how to harness those powers in a more focused yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Characterization, visual storytelling, like there's so many great characters she introduces. I wish, like, I wish you took this a little further. You know, like, yeah. side characters are, or like, this is an interesting concept for a story. I wish you took that and let it run a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But you know, these are all very. Very minor criticisms. And it's interesting to see because it's like, if you just only saw Witch Hat Atelier, you would not know this person, even in an earlier work. It's just knocking it out of the park <laughs> without even yeah. breaking a sweat in a way yeah. that most people would dream of doing. But the fact that she cre- went on to create something next that was like, ah, just you're perfect, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Was Witch Hat right after this, or was yes. there anything in between,
2: really? <laughs> I oh. believe
3: so. Yeah, I think she took some time, though. We'll
2: throw yeah, that in the show did. notes.
3: But I believe that there was it wasn't this serialization ended, and then next month, which had to tell you, there was definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a while.
4: <laughs> yeah, she must have, because there's a, a, an actual development in the style too, which I don't think you'd hit just by like, all right, I'm gonna start drawing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we've done that with Tatsuki Fujimoto a bit too, looking at different works of his kind mm-hmm. of comparing and contrasting. Chip, what's your final thought? How do you feel about this one?
4: Uh, ho- horny. I told you. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> We're going
0: to end this episode right now.
4: No, it, 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 it's fun. A lot of the jokes land. The monster, buff monsters are probably my favorite part. hmm Yeah, yeah. Chris called it when he said it was breezy. Like, this is a very breezy book, and if you're looking for that, and you're looking for good drawings, and you should definitely check it out.
0: Nice. And my final thought is I agree with you all about the jokes being just kind of okay sometimes, like the storytelling being kind of okay, but all the drawings being, like, completely top of the heap. Mm. And my favorite gag, I think, is on page 82 with the demon trio. <laughs> we do a quick little, like... Ginyu force, common rider pose, leap into action moment, and then immediately get like flash oh. dissolved. In yeah, yeah, pretty good. But the thing that kills me is the trio guy in the middle who's covering his butt and junk by spreading his legs as wide as he can and putting the <laughs> hand in front, the hand behind.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's one case where zooming in too far led to some pretty good humor. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But, cool, that has been Iniawe and Duiella by Kamome Shirahama. First time I said the title correctly, I'm pretty proud of that. It's <laughs> available from Yen Press, and I hope you enjoyed our discussion about it, because it is over. We're going to take a commercial break and then do some <laughs> shoutouts.
4: Because <laughs> it's over. <laughs> We're done.
0: <laughs> and we are back. We had a Pretty decently long chat about Iniella and Dewey this week. We're going to do some shout outs. And then, I don't know, we're all pretty tired. Probably take a nap, go to sleep. Depending (laughs) on the time zone we're in. Deb, do you have a shout out for us?
1: Oh, I will give a shout out to KCON in Los Angeles. I had a a grand old time in the land of boy bands and girl (sighs) bands. It was was mind blowing. (laughs) Were you there working or just hanging out? Oh, well, they invited me to do a panel on Webtoons and K-dramas. Nice. Then the people from Ice Press, with them, I did a panel on K-pop and Webtoons, you know, because there's a BTS and and Hyphen graphic novels coming out in the fall.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I got concert tickets. And so I got to see two nights of it. And K-pop fans... There's a once-in-80-years tropical storm barreling down on L.A. There's an earthquake <laughs> that same day. And all they do is hand out plastic ponchos, and people just went to the show. Hmm. Nothing stops K-pop fans. They yes. are they are going to be here <laughs> at the end of the world like <laughs> the cockroaches, because they are so resilient and determined.
0: Dividing yeah. uh, so. super hard.
1: <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> so thank you, K-Con. That was eye opening and mind blowing.
4: <laughs> awesome, Chip. How about you? Did you go to KCon? You know what? I missed it this year, and I'm kicking myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just too scared of storms. <laughs> My wife and I have been—we're in the middle of it right now. We're watching Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Okay. And Star Trek's one of those things where, like, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. Like, I got into Star Trek Discovery, but as it went, I'm just like, oh, I don't need you to save all of the universe again like it's just it just felt really repetitive and strange new worlds is like it's nostalgia done right because it's not nostalgia in the sense that it's like winking at you with its references but it's nostalgic for the feeling of kind of a classic track okay. where there's a lot of done in ones the characters are all interesting and likable and it's just got it has a really kind of bright fun feel to it even when the the topics get dark and everyone on it is so adorable. Like just, they're either super cute, and there's like the one hunk, Captain Pike, Anson Mount, and he is so dreamy, and his hair is so perfect. And the Star Trek outfits are, they got the perfect sh- shoulder pads, like not too big, but just enough to make it go, all right right, to like literally everyone who wears those outfits. Nice. <laughs> it's one of those shows where like I text a lot with um a friend of the show, Ryan North, because he's like a Star Trek fan, and mm-hmm. he also loves it. And almost at the end of every episode, I, I say to my wife, "I'm like Ryan should write one of these." Like my goal now in life is to get Ryan to write an episode of this TV show. So when the writer strike is over, I'm just gonna start a new picket line outside the Star Trek offices, <laughs> saying, "Hire Ryan North to write a Strange New
0: Worlds episode." His Fantastic Four is good enough to where I'm not even a Star Trek guy, and I'm on your side.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's yeah. he's so smart, and and his work is always super fun, and he's so good at those done-in ones that like he's he's a shoe in for the the show, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. And Christopher, do you got a shout out for us this week?
3: Yeah, I actually have been been taking in a lot of media lately. I've been mostly uh, consuming stuff for work, so I will do enlightened self-interest shout out. Shout out the. Collaborators on all the manga's planning extra books because we're starting to get pages and chapters mm. in. So we've got the first four chapters of Search and Destroy in. Awesome! It's Search and Destroy is by Atsushi Kaneko. Ben Applegate translated it, and Phil Christie's doing the lettering, and the lettering is coming in. And the pages on Search and Destroy are awesome already because he does like. All of his sound effects are like, can sensei sound effects with like these like chonky, like inward balloon things? And Phil's doing an amazing job at like exactly translating that feel. It's so good. And then we got in the first book of Veil, vale, actually. Uh, Kevin uh, sent in over the letters and Jocelyn translated it. And it's so nice. It's just like, I'm luxuriating like, in that on the iPad <laughs> screen because it's color nice. and it's beautiful and like fashionable. And then uh, I read the first chapter of *Wandering Cat*. *Wandering Cat's Cage*. The Deb's editing. We're going through the the rework on that, and Sarah Lindsley lettered it, and, and Jocelyn translated that one as well. And it's like, oh, these are good books. Like, <laughs> it's just so, it's weird because you pick them, and then you work for like a year and a half to two years to actually get them into English with contracts and things like that. And then when the work finally begins, it's like. Oh, right. That was, that was what I wanted the whole time was actually get to see manga get made and it's really good and people are really going to love it. That's awesome. It, it's, it's a, it's a good feeling after like dealing with contracts and dealing with delays and dealing with whatever. So yeah, shout out to all the folks that are working on and, and Deb obviously, but all the folks working on the manga explaining extra books right now, it's been real nice getting to see pages and chapters and, and whole books come in at a time. And it, I always have something to read right now, which is super nice. <laughs> super, super nice. So, yeah, that's been great.
1: I'm excited nice. to find out what, what they're actually saying in vale.
3: <laughs> I So, I read the that one. It was interesting. I was listening to the Okinawa episode. That one, I actually read the French because it's all ah. short dialogue. So, it was uh-huh. pretty easy for me to pick up. Whereas, Kiga's work in French is a little denser. Okinawa was a little denser. Yeah. But it was. It's like – the. I mean this in the best – possible way that is not a criticism it's actually like a proponent of why it's good but it's a bit like a french perfume commercial from the late 90s and early 2000s where like people are looking glamorous and kind of talking past each other and there's this like like it's like french you know not new wave cinema but like classic french cinema and they're just like smoldering and like talking about you know sexy things and you're like wait what is that and it just but you're already on to the next thing. Feels so good. Feels so good. And it's gonna be. that it's is beautiful. a killer pitch. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. It's gonna be. There's. <laughs> I. I honestly don't think there's anything like it in English. And like, like in manga, in English language comics, it's. It's a romance book that is told in these snippets of beautiful people having this cat and mouse. Although that's problematic sort of situation where they're both in charge at all times. Like they're both like, oh well, maybe this. And she's like, oh, wouldn't you like to know? And it's like so mm-hmm. great. It's like so will they, won't they? So cute. Totally love it. So yeah. was nice. great. But all the books are great. Anyway, yada yada. yada.
1: I discover her work initially because she did all this amazing fan art for Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> wow. That's very so that's far I away from this. Her work. And I I bought her dojin. She said, I'll scan it in. They're amazing. But then when she started doing this work, and I remember showing this to you at the time, okay, look, Chris, isn't this beautiful? Yeah. I don't know what this is about, but this is beautiful.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> awesome. Amazing.
0: Well, congrats. That sounds really cool, honestly. Like the mm. discovery, but also like getting things done side of things.
3: Yeah, getting things done is nice.
0: Yeah. It's nice to be productive. Yeah. So my shout-out is the opposite of getting things done, because Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon came out on PlayStation 5. Oh!
1: <laughs> Which nice. is a
0: giant robot combat game set in you know, a far-flung future where there's humans on a bunch of planets. We do giant robot combat to settle you know business negotiations, kind of. Yeah. I fought a lot of corporations and governments and like students for some reason. I think I might be the bad guy. But the first mission... <laughs> you wake up and your boss is like, we got to get you a call sign so you can be a legal mercenary. Go find a dead robot out there and take its like identification stuff, and then it's just all bad vibes from there on down. Mm-hmm. It's such a good game. Fun <laughs> gameplay, great setting, highly recommended. <laughs> Alright. man. And it's the reason why I'm getting nothing done for the next, I don't know, 100
3: hours, maybe? We'll see. <laughs> <Did> they- <laughs> The so one one question I don't know about that because I've been following a little bit online. Did they release a special controller for that one too? Because some of the old armor core, no, they had the old game that was, um, I forget the name of that one.
0: That was an Xbox game. It was an armored core though.
3: That was, it was a Capcom game. Um, yeah,
0: Steel Battalion is what that was called. Oh, okay. And it okay. had like an actual mech like dashboard that you would have to use. Yeah, yeah, no, crazy. this is just a controller. Oh, okay, <laughs> good. Moved away from that kind of excess. You would find that in the Mandarake where Chip had his big epiphany about there's being too much (laughs) stuff in the world.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There you go.
0: But that's an episode of Long Explaining, I think. We covered Iniella and Deweyella. We did some shout-outs. We did some enlightened self-interest. And now we are going to go take a break. Thank you for listening. This has been manga Explaining, episode number 106, Ineale and Duliela. Thanks for listening. For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Cherry Magic by Yu Toyota. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with a complete reading list at mangasplaining.com and check out our newsletter and digital publishing endeavor at extra.com. Thanks to D.A.D.S. for the musical accompaniment event this episode.
3: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.